Welcome to yet another episode of the Stumped Podcast. I'm Spencer. I'm Matt. And I'm Logan. Gentlemen, good morning. Yeah, good, good morning. It is morning. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening, this is our first, this is the earliest episode the Stumped team has ever recorded. <laughs> this is how you know we're committed to the game, because my alarm went off at 6.30 and I was not having it. <laughs> it's Labor Day. And I'm up at 6.30. <laughs> the U.S. of A, baby. We work hard and built off. No off days. No off days. Well, Zero. But speaking of Labor Day, nice weather. Logan, I heard you got a pool. I did. I got an in-ground pool <laughs> in my basement. Um, yeah, my landlord tried to drown me. Shout out to my landlord. Um, <laughs> because I think he listens. But seriously, we took on heavy water when the rain flow came last week and we uh i got woken at like 2 a.m by my cat and i'm like you idiot what do you want like did timmy fall in the well and it turned out he did in fact because our basement had like three inches of standing water um yeah it was pretty incredible i would not wish that upon anyone because we're in a rental right now we had a house we are going to get a house and so we left most of the stuff that we don't really need downstairs in cardboard boxes so we we definitely took some damage took a took something to to the chin there but yeah got the water out we're in recovery mode now and trying to prevent this from happening again i'm just i'm scrolling through instagram on a nice nice afternoon and next thing i know i see logan sports and troopers boxes floating in his basement (laughs) that was the first thing i saw i looked down the stairs and i see literally a litter box floating by me like and i was like what is going on i went to wake my wife i was like she's like we need to get towels and i'm like yeah for us like towels ain't gonna do this so yeah that was and and shout out to her and my brother-in-law who both worked tirelessly from then like 2 to 4 a.m getting stuff up and off the ground as much as possible so we could save what was you know possible to save but speaking of terrible water tragedy spencer you also had a run-in with water (laughs) (laughs) so um this was my first instance where i said oh my gosh am i getting old i was white water rafting for a bachelor party and oh my gosh matt if you keep typing, I think I'm going to come through the screen. <laughs> but so I'm whitewater rafting, right, with a bunch of buddies uh, for a bachelor party. And literally, it gets to like a calm area, and my friend gets out to swim, and it's normal. So we're all swimming. I get back in the boat. And uh, to get someone in, you grab someone by the life vest, and you pull them up. Well, I was pulling my butt, lean back, and next thing I'll put my back on. Oh my gosh, my back is killing me. Well, I was fine for the rest of the trip. Got back to the, the house and I was like, oh, my back is really sore. Made it home. And then that's when I was like, oh my gosh, my back hurts so bad. Woke up Sunday morning. I'm an avid churchgoer. Love the Lord. Right? Couldn't get out of bed for church. <laughs> Late in bed until about 3 p.m. We Our Wi-Fi was out too, may I add. And so... I ended up going over to my in-laws and spending the rest of the night on the couch um, so my wife could do some work. But literally, I never had a back pain. I think that hurt that bad, and I don't even know how long or if ever. Went to the chiropractor, found this amazing like waterbed thing that they did to, to me and helped me out. And uh, three days later, I was playing playing softball. So um, I may have hurt, but I was 
young enough to bounce back praise the lord <laughs> all i know is we get a text from spencer we were supposed to film this is why we're doing this this morning and he's like i can't sit up like, what do you mean you can't sit up like, my back hurts so bad he sent a picture of him laying on that couch and i was like oh boy we're officially old. Not sit up. i i tried to come to my kitchen table and say okay if we film this is how it sit and i'm like i can't I, I can't do it. <laughs> I literally can't sit up. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan dropped like 51 points of the flu and Spencer had to tap on a podcast. <laughs> oh, Matt, I'm, any updates from you? I feel like Logan and I have water stories. You're just... Anything terrible happened to you, Matt? Yeah. I mean, my back is killing me right now. I've had a... I don't know why. We're in the same boat, Spencer. But I've had like... Feels like electricity going through my legs for the past week. Um, but my sister got married Friday. How was the wedding? Last week, wedding went pretty well. Um, did the photography for that, so I've now got a lot of photos to comb through and edit. So, but it's the ones that I've done so far have turned out pretty well. Um, and then yeah, I'm off for the the fair life in about a week and a half, and then. I don't know where I'll be. The Ex- wind knows. Well, exciting stuff. Well, if we don't, you want to give don't us have any apologies or no questions, Matt? You want to give us an update on on the score here? I know it's a close one. Yeah, let me pull it up here real quick. It's unfortunate. So we are on episode ten. Three left. I know, right? It's it's wild. I actually have to find out the other episode. I thought I had this ready. I think uh, it's like 21-19 to whatever you have. Yeah, it's Logan with 21, Spencer with 19, Matthew with 15. Dang, it's so early I did the badumps on myself, so. You did the what? <laughs> badumps sound effect and on I myself. You, I clicked the wrong button. I gave you no time to do any sound no. effects. <laughs> it's too early for this crap. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Well, do we want to... We also have some lifelines left that we have yep. to use or to lose. So, use it or lose it. You've got Spencer, you've got phone a friend, no talking, and double up. Logan, you have two phone a friends, double up and fast pace. And then I have two phone a friends and a fast pace. Does that sound correct? I think you're right. All right. Okay. All I have to say is, if I phoned a friend at this hour, they would probably no longer consider me a friend. So, <laughs> no, I feel that too. <laughs> so that's not happening. But okay, does who wants to kick it off? I have a theme. If I want to, what's your you theme? What's your theme, my guy? My theme is sports with animals. Okay, that's a very specific. Theme. All right. What do you got for us today, Logan? I'm I'm taking a page out of Spencer's book, and I am telling stories from my personal life. Oh no! Yep, and they're all themed around games of hide and seek we used to play as kids. Interesting. Yep. I had to dig deep for this one. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I have a theme, and we're going pirates. Like the baseball team? Nope. Like the Jolly Roger, oh. Captain Jack Sparrow. Can we, can we please 
do we know the last time Matt had a theme? I don't. It's I, been a very long time. It may not have been this entire season. I was going to say, I think it was last season. I think so. <laughs> right, when you switched last season's when the comeback started. That is. Wow. Who, wants to, who wants to kick us off? I'll start us off. Go for Go it. Ahead, Matt. I'll a switch theme. it up. Yeah. I got a theme. I'll start us off. Man, this is new. <laughs> New morning, new Matt. New morning, new me. I'm not really here right now, so like that's probably the reason. <laughs> um, all right, we got pirates. Um, I've got the most successful pirate, Caesar, my king, and the parrot that sunk a ship. I like parrots. Why not? You like parrots? Let's okay. do it. All right, parrots. Starting off here with Edmund Brutus. Hawthorne, sailed under many parts, such as Blackbeard and John Rackham. Uh, was born in 1689 to a rather unknown family. There's not much known about his childhood. Historians believe he was born into nothing and started pirating at a young age to help supply and bring money for parents or to just get away. Edmund got his name, his nickname, Brutus, as he was surprisingly strong for his age and often would pick fights with the crew much older than him. Is also known for having a parrot that he had and would train to be rude to his fellow pirates. Which the parrot, <clears throat> which the crew grew to hate, besides one of the captains, Blackbeard. Blackbeard found or became fond of Brutus and began to mentor him, even making him captain over one of the ships in Blackbeard's fleet. It was November 1718, and Blackbeard's ship was under attack by the British Navy. Brutus and his men were on a supply run when they heard cannon fire and saw Blackbeard's ship, the, Ad- the Adventure, under attack and sailing into the open ocean. They rode furiously to their ship to join the battle. Unfortunately, after years of hatred, Brutus's men saw this as an opportunity for mutiny and to kill the parrot. As soon as Brutus climbed aboard, he, was faced, his, he faced his men with swords drawn. Brutus was having none of it, and began to fight, <clears throat> and fight, oh my gosh, he fought his crew, roughly 15 people, not a very large ship, slaughtering all the men on board after one of them had shot his parrot as soon as he came on the ship, leaving only a few who were on the food run with him alive, and let them sail. <clears throat> Sorry, he let them go, and set sail to help Blackbeard along the, oh my gosh, it's a rough morning. <laughs> <laughs> he let those go and set sail to help Blackbeard um, alone with his Jolly Roger, Roger waved high. I don't know if you know much about ships. It is hard to sail a ship alone, no matter how large it is. He would end up ramming it into Blackbeard's ship, sinking both his ship and Blackbeard's the adventurer. Fortunately, Blackbeard was already on the naval vessel at that time and unfortunately surrounded by the British Navy and did not, neither made it out of the fight. I'm not going to lie. This morning. For (laughs) half that story, I thought the parrot was named Brutus. (laughs) Until you got to the point where he's fighting 15 men, and I was like, no way. (laughs) 
Right? I'm all for good pirates. Dude, if you find a if you find a pirate fighting 15 men's story, you let me know. No, no, a parrot. Yeah, I find, yeah. Spell Spencer's doing sports with animals, so you you let us know. Yeah, little do you know, my first story is um, it's, a, it's a fencing story about two birds. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like Air okay. Bud, but better. <laughs> What's next? Right, so that's the pirate that sunk the ship. Okay. I've got Caesar, my king, or most successful pirate. Let's do most successful. Most successful. Alright, the names in this story are very similar, so let me know if you have any questions. Ching Shi was a prostitute in a floating brothel in China. Her life changed when the commander of the Red Flag Fleet, Chang I, bought and married her. Chang was a fearsome pirate during the 19th century, operating in the South China Sea. He made her his, his new wife. An active member or an active commander of the pirate fleet, as she, as he saw her as an equal, Ching soon earned the respect of her fellow pirates, and after her husband's death, she became captain of the fleet. Ching would lead with a strict code of law. An example of this is she would behead anybody on the spot who disobeyed their superiors. Under her leadership, the Red Flag Fleet consisted of more than 300 warships with a possible 1,200 more support ships and led, and she led around 80,000 people. She was so feared that after years of pirating, she and her crew were pardoned by the Chinese government. She was able to surrender on her own free will, got to keep all of her money, and live out the rest of her days in freedom. What years was this? Nineteenth uh, century. Okay, so early eighteen hundreds, probably. Yeah. Okay. And South China Sea, you said mostly. South China Seas. Yep. All right. Okay, I'm trying to like put right. cultural references is like because I know for a lot of places women were not seen as equals, but I know so little about that culture. In, in the eighteen hundreds, obviously things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's it's good. I'm just I'm contemplating whether the All most right. successful pirate could be a woman. That would be cool. Give us a third story. Oh, well, Logan, what? <laughs> it's the 1800s. <laughs> that's, I'm not saying anything. Whatever that's... you want to say, personally, I think women can do whatever men can. <laughs> but if that's what you want Shut to believe, up, that's what Whatever. No. I just hate it because I know somewhere in this, I just threw a title out that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> we'll go on to the next one, Caesar making. Uh, in the first century BC, the Mediterranean Sea had a crime problem that was so large it terrified the Romans. In 75 BC, these pirates captured the 25-year-old Julius Caesar in the Augon Sea while he was on his way to Rhodes to study. This capture would become a minor inconvenience for Caesar and very bad luck for the pirates. After Caesar was captured, he refused to behave like a captive. When the pirates told him his ransom was 20 talents, um, that equated, I believe, to like $280,000 in today's cash. He laughed at them and told them they must know, they must not know who they have. Caesar himself suggested that his ransom be 50 talents. So a little fun fact for that is, I believe, if my math is correct, 50 talents is about seven hundred thousand dollars in today's cash and 25 talents is about two hundred eighty thousand dollars 
give or take. You know, Caesar also so Caesar also bossed the pirates around and shushed them when he was trying to sleep. He would make them listen to his speeches and poems and would call them illiterates if they didn't understand them. He would even threaten to crucify them from time to time. His captive lasted 38 days before his ransom was paid. Then, in the most Julius Caesar way ever, he raised a naval force in Miletus, Miletus, um, despite holding no political or military office, and he set out in pursuit of the pirates. Caesar would find these pirates, capture them, and have them all crucified. He's a man of his word. <laughs> He's a man of his word. I, oh. This whole thing is funny to me because I can just like, I, I just go back to like, look at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> like he's there and he's like, no, like, like he's in chains and surrounded by all these people. Like, no, I am the leader. Like, listen to me, my poetry. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about that story was just touching people. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh, these are good. So here's my dilemma. Oh. And I'll, I'll say it. I know one story for a fact for true. I don't, I don't know the other two though. I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> no, this I actually I've said this before, but this is the first time in my stump career where I know for a fact one is true. Yeah. Like for, for the first time, I would put a million dollars on it. For the, the third first time in his stumped career. <laughs> <laughs> He's down three million dollars right now. <laughs> Uh, don't quit your so, day job <laughs> so the first story was the um the parrot so the parrot the second story was um the south china sea pirates and then the and last the story, story was julius caesar i'm locked in you're locked in yeah i have a good guess not a great guess i i think i'm familiar with one i wouldn't put a million dollars on any of these Okay. They're good stories. I know which one I can sleep at night with if I write down and, and lock it in. And I'm not going to give Spencer any clues because he's chasing me. That's okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I have my gut one. Mm. <laughs> Trust the gut. Which one's tingling the lower back? <laughs> go with the go with the sciatic one. Go with the sciatic one. <laughs> okay, I'm locked in. You're locked in. You're locked in. Locked All right, in. what do you guys got? I will share. Logan. Well, your your things off. I locked one. Um, oh, that's the one I was debating between two. So at least I know he's not getting two points. I I think two's true. Oh, and I think I, two's I know. For I know for a fact Julius Caesar's, Caesar's is true. I literally just I bought a book on Julius Caesar. And did I you really? It. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, I just read that. It's been too fruit or something like that. And so, really, I know that one for a fact is true. See, three, three I would not heard. I don't know how pirates kidnap Caesar. Um, so you're giving me a little confidence. But I was mini-golfing at this place called Pirates Cove in Virginia. Shout out Pirates Cove. Great mini-golf course. And they had pirate facts including one about this lady that was the most successful pirate. And I don't remember her name. I didn't read them that closely, but I was like, eh, I, I'm, I'm going to, that's the one I would bet the most is true. So I kind of went between one and three. And so the reason I went with two is because my gut was saying one is false. And I've been so wrong. So many times I said, I'm going to go two. I'm going to go completely opposite of what my gut is saying. <laughs> so you're confident threes. No, three's true. true. For a fact. Yeah. There, All right. There's a, 
that's a fact. I literally. So Julius like, Caesar. Yeah. Is true. Hundred yeah. percent true. That's hilarious. I, just, I love the fact that he's just like, guys, I'm trying to sleep here. <laughs> like, stop talking. <laughs> that's hysterical. Uh, I, I literally yeah. read that probably a week ago. See that? And fact the wild, the wild not... thing about that, he had when he when he got back to land, he had no political office, he had no military power, yet still somehow got a fleet to go chase the pirates and capture them and yeah. crucify them all. Yep. <laughs> was he, I think was he the how... one that was stabbed in the back? Oh uh, yeah, I okay. believe so. Because I think how he got his start is he. He stood in front of an Alexander the Great statue, and he said, I'm 30 or whatever. I haven't accomplished what this guy has accomplished, and we're the same age, and he stood there for like years, or for like hours. I, I want to say that was him. I could mm. be wrong. But. Well, I know one, one of the theme I'm never doing now, that he has a specific book about a person. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You said, you said the, the talent thing, I was like, okay, is he going to screw with the story? And then, oh, no. Was, I just exactly I found it. When I was telling the story, I was just like, "All right, twenty talents means nothing to me." Like, yeah. <laughs> let me actually put this into actual like. No, I appreciate amount. that. Yep. So, break a heart. All right. So, who picked the most successful pirate? That was Spencer Mason. That was Spencer Mason. Spencer, that is a true story. Yep. Um, Gosh dang, Spencer, just go with your gut. In, in comparison. I believe Blackbeard had um, about 300 men. Well. And like a few ships. Yeah. And so one of the most famous pirates. Um, and also I believe that this lady, they themed one of the, the pirate lords and parts of the Caribbean off of her. Correct me if I'm wrong too. Was Blackbeard not hanged? No, Blackbeard actually died on a British vessel. Oh, well, so, so that he, was part of why I picked one. So the other one is the pirate sank a ship. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, everything that they know about Blackbeard is actually correct in the story. He actually died on the British vessel when he was attacking them. It was like the Jane or something like that he was attacking. Um, the British Navy had their crew go beneath deck to take shelter, and they jumped on their ship and then basically thought they had already won and then the British guys came out oh, and like lit like them a up. Trojan horse. And after the after the smoke was released, um, they saw Blackbeard's body on the ground. Oh dang. So I was mistaken in my facts and it helped me. Because <laughs> as soon as I heard the story I was like, Blackbeard was hanged. Like I I didn't know for sure, but I went to um Ocracoke, North Carolina where he did die uh when I was a kid and I thought that was the end of his story, so I was mistaken in my facts, but thank you for the point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was hung. I'm pretty confident he died on no, in I, battle. I believe you. You've looked into it more recently than I have. It was fourth grade, so <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad. I literally had one written down, and I said, Spencer, you've been wrong so many times. Just go with two. This is a man that is. <laughs> At least we know Spencer can't test himself right now. <laughs> this is a man that is mentally broken. <laughs> oh, well, good no, stories. All right, do you sweet. want me to go or do you want me to go? I'll go. I'm, go I'm, you talked up your story, so you got to end the episode well. <laughs> All right. Before we begin, I do owe an apology to Team Logan fans out there. Um, last episode, I literally said I was going to use Double Down because, 
like it seemed like the episode to do it and then i just forgot in the moment and they doubled down like i would have gained another point um on spencer and matt had i used it and so this episode in all caps at the top of my sheet i wrote use double down dang it Um, (laughs) so i'm not even gonna make you guys wait to find out i'm using double down um all right here's my three stories they're all themed around hide and seek you asked last episode our favorite childhood games that made me think i said hide and seek i took a little crap we played some intense hide and seek. So I present to you three stories here. All right. Hide, seek and survive hiding on the run and farmer Logan plays hide and seek. <laughs> which one do you want? Farmer Logan. Absolutely. That's what I was about to say. I think you know, which one I, knew, want. I knew without a doubt that would be first. Um, <laughs> so this story comes from my early childhood years. I grew up spending most of my time on a farm, uh, but not just any farm, a Mennonite farm. So this means we didn't have cartoons or phones, um, computers, or really any technology to distract us as kids. So we played good old-fashioned games like hide-and-seek. Um, the virgin, the version we played was known as Beckon Beckon, because when you would, were found, you'd be sent back to a designated base and yell, Beckon Beckon, I need a Beckon. And as you're yelling this, another player hiding could wave at you, and you become free to rehide again. You said wave? Yeah. Yep. So they wave their hand. If they see you, you're on the base. You can go rehide, right? A, a fun childhood game. I'm sure many people have variants of this. Um, the area we played in, though, was the entire property, which was a massive dairy farm. Um, the only rule we had was you couldn't go further than three rows deep into any field. So, you know, ideal hiding spots could be found um, usually within sight of the base, which is often this big maple tree in the center of the property, um, so that you could see them. But when you're talking on a big tree on a hill, like I think there were seven buildings on the property, and like we would hide. I mean, chicken coop, the shop, the the storage for the tractors, the uh, dairy house, the barn where the cows are in, the barn where we kept the hay, the house itself. Like you know, there's a lot of places to hide. Massive property, um, and people got really creative. They got on roofs, they got in trees and fields and animal pens um, and tractors. Um, you name it, we've probably hidden it at some point over the years. Uh, and these games lasted hours. Like actually, because of the story I'm about to tell you, we started putting time limits on these games because some of these would last nearly all day. Or you'd be hiding, and so in this game, I'd gone with a friend of mine into the shed where the tractors were kept, and we, like idiots, had someone turn on the front loader, lay down, and place the bucket upside down on us like a shell. <laughs> we made sure to leave about a three-inch gap or so for fresh air and to pop a hand out and wave because you could see right into the door of that shed from the tree, and so we could just put a hand out and wave. And we laid in the underside of this bucket, which had previously been used for cleaning out the cow pen, so it reeked. And it was securely trapped over us. And these things, and you're talking big metal buckets, right? Like, that was not going to be lifted by a human. And so the two of us laid on the dirt floor of this barn under a smelly manure-filled metal bucket that weighed probably a couple hundred pounds for several hours. Um, The seeker finally gave up because they couldn't figure out where the last two people were. Everyone they'd find would get back to base and then would go free again. And it was no joke, like four to six hours before finally they just gave up and they had to get someone to come lift the bucket off us and free us from the claustrophobic hiding spot we'd been confined in. Because of this game, we had to put rules in about using machinery to hide from that point on Um, and time limits because that was a game and a half. 
Yep. How old were you? Oh shoot, I was a kid. I don't know, elementary, like so second, you would, second, third you, grade. You hid underneath this bucket. Yeah, we we actually had someone put the bucket on top of us. We laid down. They like turned it upside down, set it on, and then detached it. Okay. So that yeah. Oh, they detached it oh, from yeah. the machine. Yeah, so it was just sitting there with the other buckets. <laughs> There's like okay. four or five different buckets that are used for different purposes. And right. We were just under right. one of them. Interesting. Yeah. How far away was this from where you guys started? Mm, a few hundred yards. Oh, my gosh. That's such a massive spot to play tag, though. You oh. played a different version of freeze tag. <laughs> it was it was nuts. It was, Who did you hide with? Uh, his name was Case. Uh, he's a good friend of mine back then. Uh, he's like a year younger than me, but he's another kid on the farm. There was like 11 of us, so we, we had big okay. games. Okay. I'll buy it. All right. What's the next one? <laughs> hide on, hiding on the run or hide, seek, and survive? Hide, seek, and survive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So growing up, we used to play possibly the most dangerous game of hide and seek possible. We played hide and seek, but instead of the person seeking being the predator, he was the prey. So how the game worked was simple. You had to positively find and identify everyone, um, you know, that was hiding. But how it was different, this was high school ages. Let me, we, we had grown up at this point, so we're like 16 to 18-year-old kids. We played in the basement of my house in the middle of the night with absolutely zero light allowed. So we would cover all the windows. We'd put blankets over the TV and microwave that had the little lights. Um, and then, instead of hiding, we would make ambush traps um, and booby traps for the seeker. So... Examples of this, we would place Legos, Hot Wheels, marbles, and anything else on the steps going down to the basement. Oh my gosh. We would rearrange the furniture. We would lay things out like bats, baseballs, bricks, and other various items throughout the basement floor. Um, on one occurrence, we decided to move the air hockey table to block the stairwell, like right where the stairwell led out. So we put it across, assuming the seeker would try to crawl under, which they did. We put a blanket over the air hockey table with a six pound med ball carefully placed on the edge of it. So when they crawled under it, they pulled the blanket down, the med ball fell on their head. Um, in the chaos, we then spiked a physio ball directly at them so hard that it bounced up and down multiple times, hitting the ceiling and the floor. It was like a seven foot ceiling. Um, in that moment of chaos, we all hid because they obviously had no idea what was going on. They had just been very disoriented. Um, I will say that story in particular, three minutes later, we heard a booming voice. They all, Logan, go to bed. And my, <laughs> my dad did not see the humor in the situation at three in the morning. Um, no one ever got seriously injured, but some of our traps were pretty bad. Um, some of them, yeah, won't make the podcast, but it was a favorite that we played on Friday nights in high school. So I also played this game. Isn't it called Ghost in the Graveyard or something like that? No. Different game. Oh, really? That's a different game? Okay. This was so just wait, I, us trying to harm each other. That sounds about right. I have played this game before. Okay. Um, I Not not with you, though. We called no. it Manhunt. Mm. Um, we did the same exact thing. We called it Manhunt. <laughs> Except there was no Legos or anything like that, but it was so dark. It's like you would run into all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Petrified. You could not see your hand in front of your face no. even after like 20 minutes of being down there. Like there yep. was no light in the basement. Um, and we had a very large basement and there was a, you know, like a couch, air hockey table, foosball table, um, an ottoman, 
So you gotta watch out for the Ottomans, man. Oh, we would just put stuff wherever. I mean, (laughs) it was not uncommon for us all to be hiding after the initial traps have been set and just hear someone just kick something so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Logan, what's the last one? Hiding on the run. This was a style of hide-and-seek that we played probably four to five times, also in high school, um, but with a different group of friends. We had a neighborhood party where parents would sit around and chill at a bonfire, um, and high school kids, as we were, decided to play hide-and-seek, but with the boundaries being the entire neighborhood, um, but all outdoors. We weren't allowed indoors because not everyone's house was open. Um, and so we took off... Um, and it was just once you were found, you were out, though. There was no reviving like the farm one. Um, but took off running as a seeker being can counting. And me and my girlfriend at the time decided the best place to hide would be in the bed of a truck parked in the driveway of one of the houses. Had no idea whose it was. Um, but we figured everyone was either hiding, seeking, or chilling by a fire. So it didn't really matter, right? Uh, wrong. We laid perfectly still um, in the truck when, for about 10 minutes or so, when all of a sudden someone gets in the truck and turns it on. And we came driving away. And so we're like in the back, like panicked, like, should we tap on the glass and like tell them we're here? Like, I don't even know who this is, right? So we decided that uh, we figured we wouldn't be found first at this point. We, we were now off the property. Uh, so we just stayed quiet and lay in the back of the truck and enjoyed the ride. And so about 15 minutes, it was riding and finally came to a stop. And we kind of looked around and realized we'd driven to a local grocery store called Bueller's. Shout out Bueller's. They are phenomenal. Um, I know Bueller's. Yeah, their cream sticks are the bomb. Um, <laughs> so good. But we figured he must just be running an errand or getting something that the party needed or whatever. And so it was like 10 o'clock. Um, so we stayed down in the bed of the truck and just waited. We're like, oh, what the heck? Like He's probably going home after this, right? So we waited for like 20 minutes or so. He came back, got in the car, and drove back to the house. He never realized there was two people laying in the bed of his truck for the entire trip. <laughs> we stayed there until he got back. And then at that point, we just got out of the group and ran to find the people that were playing because they pretty much had assumed we'd gotten lost. Um, and so we, <laughs> we asked around to try to figure out who would taken us on the joyride. And it turns out it was a neighbor who wasn't even at the party. So we have no idea what he needed or, or why he'd gone for a 10 o'clock run. But... Um, we never told the adults, so this will be a new story for some of my family. Um, <laughs> but, but if my mom hears this, hi mom, we're safe. I promise. <laughs> we're almost abducted playing we're hide alive. and seek, but yeah, no, it was fun. So yeah, that's okay. my third story. I'm walking in a lifeline. I'm phoning a friend before anything else can be said. Um, at seven thirty in the morning. Yes. My goodness. You have but, better friends than me, but two things. One. I feel like I would have heard that bad story, but it doesn't matter because my friend is Hannah Schwarzenegger. Um, oh, so she I'm, is. She is up. So I'm gonna give her a quick call here, um, right now. And uh, the double, the double up, double down means that we can't have the same answer, correct? Correct. And so I'm keeping this phone call private. Oh my gosh. I'll put on speaker at first, just so. Good morning. Good morning, Hannah. How are you doing? Oh, good. How are you? Good. You're on some podcast. This is a former guest. If you guys don't know, this is Logan's wife. Uh, and so, okay. This Hannah, is what Julius Caesar felt like. I, I, I need to <laughs> your memory here. I got three stories. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to put this on private so I can't. 
No, is that legal? Or does yeah, that you can put it on private. I just just mute. I'm gonna go on speaker. Mute yourself. It's, why not? Okay. It so, doesn't help me if we guess the same. Yeah. I'm still so, further away from you. Logan so like. Shared three stories about him playing hide and go seek. One, he was on a farm, his farm. He played hide and go seek where he called it like beckon beckon, and he hid underneath a bucket with someone for like four hours, like a stinky manure filled bucket. Okay, have you heard that one before? Is it like a bucket or a tractor thing? That is a tractor thing. Okay, that one's true. That one's true. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Let me turn off my camera real quick. Out of a truck and get taken away to like a grocery store during some party. I don't know. Okay. The next one. Was um, crap. What, Matt, what was the what was the second one? So it was farmer. Yeah. It was the survive one where they played dark at night. Oh, he would with high school buddies. He would turn off the all the lights in his basement, and they would put like Legos on the stairs. They would throw things at the finder, um, and the seeker would have to find them. And I think it was their basement or something like that, where they would turn yep. all the lights off, cover every light off. Okay. Thank you, Hannah. Have a great day. Bye. I'm locking in the truck. I'll even say it. You're locking the truck in? That's that's the one Hannah said was false. Alright, I will not go with that one then. So you're locking in them hiding in the bed of the truck? Yeah, so lock in the basement one then, because the first one's true. Alright, I'm locked in. Matt, which one did you officially lock in? Officially locked in the basement one. Yep. Alright, well, this is what Julius Caesar felt like. <laughs> E2 brute. <laughs> So did Hannah, I don't think Hannah would have screwed us. No, I really wish she had. Um, <laughs> she she was correct in her assumptions. The farm story was true. We did do that. That was fun. That, that sucked, actually, but it was a good story. Um, we did do the basement, and that story about hiding in the truck, we played that kind of hide-and-seek. We did use the neighborhood around a bonfire. Um, but, no, I'm pretty sure, like, we always kept people's personal property, like trucks and houses, off limits. Like, we just kind of, like hid behind the bushes or whatever of different houses. Um, there was never a story where we got taken away by a stranger to Bueller's. And actually, I was disappointed you didn't even recognize Bueller's closes at 9, so when I said it started at 10, like, I even gave you a hint. Like, so here's, Are here's you the even thing a true Ohioan? I know. I know, I knew, I know Bueller's. I know the, the grocery store, but I, I haven't been in... I, I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I was there. If mm. I didn't ever been there. It's a shame. But, the good news for me, because of Double Down, I still get a point. That is true. Matt, you really took one for the team. You, you should have yeah, jumped competition. You should have doubled with him just to yeah, keep him closer to you. You know what? It's okay. But I know but I. He's got a better chance of dethroning you. So. Oh, I feel. I feel. What was love. funny about that one too is you said your life story, and I said, "Is it wrong to call his wife?" And I said, <laughs> "Nah." Do you just nah. <laughs> text her right away? Make sure she's up. I said, hey, are you up? And she goes, yes. I said, okay, I'm going to be calling you. 
<laughs> you, uh, although Spencer, like, you haven't gained much ground on I know. It's right now, it's like, you haven't gained any ground, because so I scored two. Do though. not, do not let that point go in vain. Thank you. Okay, gentlemen. You're up. Animal sports. Not me. Oh, boy. But sports with animals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call my wife for your story. Okay. Is Joe up? Is um, Joe yeah, passed out, and she did not. She was not with me for these stories, so she would have no idea. Okay. That's false. Call her. I have. Do we want the? Do we, do we want fa- ferret legging, fox tossing, or the the banny games? Fox tossing. Yeah. Any games are also it's like well, I know it's the eel games. Give me the fox tossing. The fox tossing. Okay. Europe is known for many creative games. But this may be the worst or best depending on how you look at it. In the sixteen and seventeen hundreds, a competitor or a competition called fox tossing became fairly popular. They would set up an arena or a boxing area and you and your teammate would stand about twenty twenty five feet apart holding a slingshot with a large pocket on the ground. Foxes and other animals would then be released into the playing area, and as they run across the sling, you and your teammate would release it, and the fox or the animal would go flying up in the air about 25 feet. That's like a, that's like a, one of the higher ones. The highest fox would be the winner. Unfortunately for the animal in the arena, it would often result in death. One of the bloodiest contests was held by the King of Poland, where they launched 647 foxes and 533 buddies. What? Holy smokes. You said 600 plus foxes and 500 plus bunnies? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> this, I mean... <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> You're right, you have good ones. Um, okay. <laughs> it sounds like dudes being dudes, which was basically what the 1600s was. <laughs> so right. I want to believe it, but also it sounds really horrific, and it's not the first time you've killed 500 animals or more. Like, let's be honest, that's, that's kind of par for the course. Okay, do you want ferret, ferret legging or the banny some the the eel game? The eel game. Okay. <sighs> During the Vijayanagara Empire, present-day India, the royal court of Hampi Hampi would host the Bani Kadidi, or the Game of the Eels. All participants would gather at the Tangadhar Hari River during the Eels mating season, which was about mid-April. Each individual would then have their hands tied behind their backs and wear a bamboo basket as a, a backpack type thing. Contests would be would be contestants would wade in shallow water and attempt to catch as many eels as possible. The catch is that you must use your mouth to catch the prey. Once captured, competitors then would flip the eel over their head and land it in their basket. The game lasted until dusk until about midday and the winner winner would be determined on whoever had the most amount of eels. They would win a large sum of money, a wife, and the opportunity to offer their catch to Varuna, the water god. The event continued up until the sixth, the sixth, sixth empire in the 19th century, due to the leader, I'm not going to pronounce his name, playing and losing. 
Today, every so often, various peoples attempt to bring the game back, but has never caught on. And the most successful gathering in the modern era was about 500 people in 2011. I mean, that's pretty successful. Yes, let me let me understand this. Yeah, I need I need I need the so I, of the game I did a more. presentation on eels for yep. seventh grade. Yep, science class. <laughs> so you're telling me that these people stuck their head in the river, bit them, slung it over their head. And caught a basket and two basket or something like that. That's exactly right. It was during okay. mating season, and so right. So mating season's not in April. For the eels is. Mm-mm. Yeah, late spring. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. I don't. I don't okay. believe any of these. What's the what's the even, what's the ferret one? That's not even that's possible. Ferret legging. In the 1970s, there was a game amongst coal miners in England that began to gain popularity. The game, you may ask, ferret legging. In this battle of endurance, competitors would tie their pants and their pants at their ankles before placing two ferrets in and securely tightening their belts to prevent the ferrets from escaping. Each competitor then stands in front of the judges for as long as he can. A few rules. You can't be drunk. The ferret must have a full set of teeth and no underwear is allowed. Oh, good lord. <laughs> That is, the, that is the last man standing like, In the early years, 40 seconds was the time to beat. But over time, it increased to, to a few minutes, then over an hour, and then one brave soul, Reg Malor, lasted five hours and 26 minutes. He would often wear white pants to show the blood marks. Reg would eventually, eventually fall 30 years later. Hold up. Did you say they tied, they the, tied their end of their pants the, so the ferret couldn't get out? Yeah, like yep. around the ankles and the waist, right? And they just put the ferret in their pants. Two ferrets or just one? They would have. I don't know if it was two or one. We'll go with one. Okay. I have no idea. What? <laughs> That's horrific. Anyone who's ever been bitten by anything, like get bitten by a cat, and you're like, "That's horrible." Like I couldn't fathom. Something biting my legs or worse. Ew. That sounds horrible. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, these are good. I've never even considered these sort of stories to look up, so congratulations. I am thoroughly confused. What are you leaning, Matt? I have no clue. I have something written down. It's not locked in yet, but... I have something written down as well. I'm also not locked in yet. I just... When this... You know what? Screw it. I'm going to lock it. I'm, I'm good. I know what I have. When this... Well, like when logic fails, and, and none of these have any logic in them at all, <laughs> I then have to put myself inside the dark, twisted place of Spencer's mind and say, what kind of story could he come up with? Come up with some good ones. I know. I have I have double up and no talking. I'm not using no talking. Double up. He has phone in front as well, but that doesn't really help you. No. And I'm not using double up. All right. so I'm already locked in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll well, lock it in. Anything. It's written Do down. I want to use double up. Logan, you're oh, locked whoa, in. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not, not if you're using double up, because if you're using double up, I at least want to know where Matt's at so we can make sure 
things are split. Well, maybe that's the strategy. Maybe oh, I'll... you didn't do it. I don't. All right, all right. Well, you you tell me what you're doing here. <laughs> you have to you have to decide I, I, before I, we I both did, lock in. I see it clear. Okay. <laughs> you can't you can't wait for us to both lock in and be like, oh, well, by the way, I'm gonna use double. That's fair, I guess. So. Yeah, with that in mind, I'm gonna lock in. So. <laughs> Take that option off the table. Okay. Now, here's the question that I just play you, because I hope you both locked in the eel one. But, Logan, what did you do? I locked in number one. You see, the thing about the eel one is that's so wild and unbelievable that, like, and I'll even show you here. I, I, wrote, I wrote one. Um, it's so wild and unbelievable. I could not fathom even comprehending an idea like that. Like, how do you – I don't believe it in the slightest, so it has to be true. Okay. So you went, you went with the the fox, fox, fox flinging. Yeah, Matt. So I have no clue. I know nothing about eels. I was just hoping I would get Logan's mind thinking about something. Uh, <laughs> no, I know nothing about eels. I, I mean, double would have worked well. I also locked in the uh, foxes. Wow. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> what was the reason? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I just decided to lock in the boxes because well, the ferret one's the other one I was between. At the no ferret point... one's hundred percent true. Oh my I god! Literally, That's so scary. five hours and thirty-one minutes. In 2010. Five hours, thirty-one minutes in two thousand ten. Comprehend that with in twenty ten. In twenty ten, was it like a domesticated ferret? I no. So his trick. So Reg Reg's trick. I read this. He would make sure they're well fed. So that they would bite less, but they would literally be taking chunks out of your legs. <sighs> I'm like, I'm like, you. Can, I'm like, this cannot be real. I'm like, this That's is horrible. too good. I have to share it. I, I'm like, it, it can't, it can't be right. That's so bad. And in 2010, that's even more unbelievable. 2010. I so it started in 1970. It actually came across. I, I saw. I can't remember where. And I was like, this is not true. This is like a meme or something. And I, I had to do research because I'm like. I can't not look into this because it's that good. Like it is, yeah. it is that good that I have to see what's going on. Here. How have and no one seen this on the internet? That's, that's what I, seriously. And so in 2010, they raised a thousand dollars for some organization, and they lasted two people, um, five hours and thirty minutes or something like that. I'm like, God, God. it's pathetic. That's that, so. The guy, he did it in front of a crowd of two twenty five hundred people. And uh, they got bored and left, and so they he like stopped doing it after what five hours? Would have been. I'm just like this just is. A yeah. How do you even like like what, what do I say? Like, hand, I got weekend plans. Like, we're gonna go watch a guy get bit by a ferret. That that's the one where I'm like, I think they're not. I think they're gonna know this is true because, like Logan said, it's too outlandish. I'm like it, but I have to share because it's it's that good. Um. The fox one is true. Oh no! Best is it really? They would they would do it in courtyards as well, and they would literally release the animals, and they would get flung up in the air like twenty five feet. Um, and this this king of Prussia or whatever Poland, five hundred or six hundred fifty seven foxes, <laughs> five hundred thirty three and then there was like thirty seven badgers, and there was like some other animals that they were launching too. It, they call it like a, a big cloth. It's like a big cloth thing that they would just just send animals up. And uh, 
That is true. The eel thing is completely made up. I, when you said the mating thing, Matt, I'm like, oh my gosh, the mating season for eels is in late spring. I did look it up. I'm like, <laughs> if they actually know this, that's why I knew that one. But the the the, the eel thing, I got inspiration as I was doing research. There was a game in Amsterdam. I was where, like, this sounds very familiar to a different game. So we're we're. It's called the Eel Riot. I almost used this in a different... In a, I almost held this story off, but it's too good not to say. Where there was a game where they would string an eel from a rope, and sailors would try to sail under it and grab the eel. And then a riot happened or whatever. And so I said, okay, let's make a story about an eel or a game about an eel. And I said, what's the... Can you even catch an eel with your mouth? Probably not, but let's go with it. And so... I didn't think there's any way you could. That's why I believed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of those stories. So, dang, I was one get away from getting a four point week. What a what a. Yeah, you got you got three points. I you have made this a game. One point. <laughs> you did. So Logan got two points. Spencer got three. I got one. Trying to help Spencer out. <sighs> Some Our people struggling. Our new totals, it is a race for first place. Logan, Logan are you getting nervous? No. You have 23 <laughs> points, Logan. Spencer, you have 22 points. You're right there. You're right there. You have? I have 16. So, <laughs> we'll just see if I can get into the 20s. So, what, if Matt gets 8 points, that would put him at what 24 so Matt, it's not over yet but. so it's possible baby it's possible <laughs> it's not matt needs to have the best weeks of his life actually no it's <laughs> over because even if you get eight i guess no because if you get eight you'd stump us both and we could miss nope. the other ones yeah it's still possible yeah but he can tie tie for first because i think yeah even if he's even is one of us is getting one point each or no no if no get, you could it yeah it ain't over yet it is not over yet, and certainly a race at the top. <laughs> Gentlemen, any last words? Yeah, I got this short oh, little puppy yeah. yipping at my heels right now. All, all <laughs> I'm going to say is, Spencer, you better not la- waste the point that Luke was given to you. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. For me Thank to be you. in last place. You my own wife. Because <laughs> you would be down to, like, significantly further. My own Although, wife. Matt, now that we think about it a little more, if you would have jumped on the train with me, it would have been a wash, like, because he gained a point and I gained a point, and you're the only one that lost a point during that. Yep. So really, you have just jumped on with us. Uh, that's Whatever. true. It would have been just <laughs> two to one or instead of three to two. Yeah. But, okay. All right. That well, sucks. Any last words, gentlemen? I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, have a good Labor Day. Yeah. Thank you all Enjoy. for tuning in, as always. Toodles. Peace out. And uh, go eel bobbing. <laughs> go eel bobbing.